Welcome to the Get Fit AF with Angie Fraser podcast, a fitness channel with a difference. We aim to challenge traditional views on fitness and what it means to be fit AF. We cover real questions from real people, including my clients and friends, chat with inspiring and passionate people, and maybe the odd rant along the way. Join us to get fit AF without the bullshit. Hi there, this episode is a recording of a live online workshop that I recently did on why calories count, but you don't literally have to count them. So calorie counting the pros, the cons and alternatives. If you would like to be the first to hear about upcoming workshops, just sign up to my email list via www.fitaf.com.au. There should be a pop-up come up. Uh, or email coach at fitaf.com.au to learn more about in-person and online coaching options. Thanks. All right. So to count or not to count calories, as I've said, a bit of my history is that I have used calorie counting in the past at various intervals to manage my weight and my nutrition. And I did sort of go through a period where I thought it was really the only way that I could stay on track. And this is something that I see with a lot of the women that I work with in particular is that they are feeling like um, in order to either lose weight or manage their weight or manage their food intake that they need to be tracking with an app. And then if they're not tracking with an app, then they are off track. But what I want more and more of my clients to do and something that I've been working on myself over the last few years is to move away from that mentality just because a lot you tend to feel like it's a bit of a chore after a while and then if you get into this mindset that you that's the way that you must lose weight or that you must manage calories you're always in this kind of um battle with your own willpower and um and yourself to to actually do that and then it becomes that whole uh, mentality of well i'm going to start calorie counting on monday um i'm going to start calorie counting after this event in my life why can't we just kind of um look at ways that we can put certain habits in place most of the time that will allow us to manage our weight without having to rely on a calorie tracking app as such. So this is the question I'm posing you tonight and we'll see. So calorie tracking has pros and cons and we're going to run quickly through those. I want to talk a bit more about why it can stop working for you and why people actually gain more body fat um, when they solely rely on calorie tracking. Um, And then we're going to talk about non-tracking methods for fat loss and weight maintenance that you can start trying today. Um, So as I said, if you have any questions as we go along, um, feel free to interject um, into this, like unmute yourself and say what you need to say. That's absolutely fine. If not, save your questions for the end and we'll run through them. So the pros of calorie tracking very briefly are that it can be convenient in a way. Um, it can help keep you on track. So I didn't actually put that in there in that um, there's a bit of psychology around when we when we tick something off, when we tick off like a to-do list, for example, and you feel really accomplished and you feel really productive, the same thing applies to a calorie tracking app. And they do sometimes gamify them a little bit, like you'll get a badge if you reach a certain target or whatever. So it can be convenient. It's on your phone. You can find out how much food is worth. You can scan in um, really common foods like supermarket foods. You can look up your chicken meal and McDonald's and know um, pretty much what you're eating. So that can be really handy. Um It can be handy for meal planning. So if you are trying to stay within a certain calorie target, you can, um, I've used it 
um, quite a bit in the past in planning my, my day of eating out in advance um, or trying to work out how much um, the foods that I want to eat during the day are going to be worth and then adjusting them before I actually start eating them. So can be really handy for that. can also be really eye-opening in regards to how much food you're actually eating or how many calories are in certain foods that you may regularly eat that you may not have realized. And um, I think I did make a note to talk about um, I got a message from a client today who's tidying up her nutrition um, ready for our mini cut. And she said, oh my God, I've just saved a, by switching my um, latte every day to my black coffee. Um, I'm saving at the end of the week, I'm saving a whole day's worth of calories. So it can be quite eye opening in that regard. And that can help you start to make more informed choices. Where are we? I'm really not very good <laughs> at PowerPoint. Anyway, cons are that it can be time consuming, especially when you're first starting out and you may not have all of your regular food saved into the app. Um, so that can get a little bit frustrating. You can forget to do it. Can be inaccurate as well. So even the entries in the databases themselves can be incorrect. And also, well, I'll get to that. So it can be inaccurate. It can be inaccurate in a couple of ways in that our, the way that we enter our food can be inaccurate, knowingly or unknowingly. Um, and also the entries can be incorrect. And I've even scanned foods in that have been incorrect before. Um, you can have difficulty tracking mixed meals. I'm someone who likes to make a lot of home cooked meals. And when I was calorie tracking, I spent a lot of time trying to work out the energy content of certain meals that I ate. And I just think, you know, you don't really need to do that. I've been there, done that. It can be interesting, but it's a very long winded way of managing your calorie intake when you are eating certain meals at home. And when I say mixed meals, I mean, so you've, you've got your cooking fats and whatever you've added your meat and whatnot. You've then put like some sauces and maybe some cheeses and everything's in together. And you might really like these meals and you might really want to include them in your diet, but then you start feeling a little bit stressed because how many calories is in that or macros? So um, there's a higher level of skill needed to do it, as I just mentioned, and you really need to be able to identify um, the foods that match. So really big thing that I saw when I used to review client food diaries, and I don't do so much of that anymore for a number of reasons, but I used to actually, you know, I'd look at the client's um, MyFitnessPal entries, and I it would just always be, I'd be looking at the foods going, I've never even heard of that brand before, so it didn't actually exist in Australia, but they just sort of pick the first thing that comes up when they start searching that food rather than the exact food that they've had. So um, A, you need to be selecting the correct foods, and B, you need to be entering them in the correct quantities. So it's that whole um, what's the serving of peanut butter versus what's how much is the um, tablespoon that I just scooped out. It's going to be vastly different. So those small amounts, especially if you're just looking to lose the last couple of kilos or you're already, already a little bit leaner, um, they add up and they make a really big difference. And I'm going to make a note about that over time. I'm just going to put, so misreporting, we knowingly and unknowingly misreport food intake that there's research on this. So even people who are trained dietitians tend to misreport their calorie intake by about 30%, I think it was. Most of us average people are like 40%. So there's a huge discrepancy between the food that goes in your mouth and the food that you're actually entering your calorie tracker. That can be a big source of frustration for people when they think they're eating a lot less than they are. Um, you know, people talk about becoming obsessed. And I guess in some ways you can if you become really fixated on it. And if you, I would say it's a bit of a concern if you start like avoiding um, social occasions or family meals out because you can't calorie track them, um, anything like that. I would say that that's a bit of a worry if you're solely fixated on entering your calorie intake um, and that's what your food life revolves around. Um, where are we? So it's just that reliance on it really. Um, so when doesn't it work? Um, calorie counting works 100% of the time if it's done correctly with very little margin for error. So, of course, that's not the case, as we've just spoken about. Um, and, you know, we're not robots, we're humans. So it's only going to work as well as we have the ability to enter as well as the app works. And then you've got to factor in things like um, 
getting sick of it as well is one really big common factor, diet fatigue. So you've been dieting for a long time. You've been counting your calories for a long time. You may or may not have gotten um, your results depending on how well you could enter that stuff in. And then eventually you're going to become sick of doing it. So what are we going to do instead? Let's see what this next slide says to keep me on, on track. There is no escaping the fact that an energy deficit and a calorie is a unit of energy. An energy deficit is required for fat loss, no matter what. However we want to frame it, there's no magic diet. Every single diet that you lose body fat on or weight on has put you into an energy deficit. So I'm a big believer that how you go about that should be your choice. And that is why I'm really big on coaching my clients about the facts, whether they like them or not. And I don't like them all the time either. Um, but I think that once we can um, be honest about our own eating habits with ourselves in a non-judgmental way, we can move away from the guilt and shame around not being able to follow a particular diet or not being able to have willpower. So I've got here a little note, define a diet that works. Most people would judge a diet um, plan as effective if they you know, lose a couple of kilos in the first couple of weeks or so. But in my opinion, a diet that works is the one that you can stick to for longer. That doesn't mean that I think that you should always be on a diet and always in a calorie deficit. You won't be and you, you never have been. Um, what you do is you go through periods of restriction and then you go through times of getting sick of that, depending on um, what level of restriction you've placed upon yourself, what targets you've set yourself, what kind of diet you're following. Um, you're going to follow that with periods of, I've had enough of this and I'm sick of counting calories and I'm sick of dieting, I'm sick of following this plan, whatever it is. And then what you do is you relax your eating habits and you bring yourself out of that deficit. So even if you feel like you're in a deficit a lot of the time, you are probably, you aren't because otherwise you would just keep losing weight. Um, so in my opinion, a diet that works is one that gets you results. And yes, you can get results results really quickly. Um, if you choose to do that, there are safe ways to get results quickly. It just requires a lot of focus. It just requires a lot of consideration for nutrient intake, um, which is what I'm going to be doing with my clients um, from Sunday onwards. We're going to be doing a mini cut. Um, but that aside, um, the diet that works is the one that you can maintain the results from and that's, I guess, that doesn't create too much extra stress in your life. So we need to really, when we think about the past ways that we've lost weight, we need to think about how many of those habits did we continue with? And if the answer is literally none of them, it probably wasn't a really great way for you to lose weight. So I asked my clients to take an approach for their long-term weight management of practicing continual improvement. So honesty, no judgment, practicing continual improvement. When you have information, you can do that. So that's my little bit there about, so here's some more facts actually that most of us probably don't want to face, so mathematical facts. So if we want to lose five kilos of body fat, that's approximately worth about 40,000 calories. So that means you need to be in a 40,000 calorie deficit to lose that five kilos of body fat. Obviously, that's not going to happen in a day or even a couple of days. So let's say we get into an 800 calorie a day deficit. We could do that in around two months as long as we can stick to that. That would be pretty tough. Um, or around 476 calories a day for three months and so on. And when I say deficit, it means that we're deducting that amount from our maintenance calories, which is the calories required to stay our current weight. Um, so just a little bit of maths here, a 70 kilo female with an office job and low steps maintenance calories. I should just know this off by heart by now, but you know, maintenance calories for her. That seems low. Hang on. Just make sure I did that right. These are shortcut um, to the big formulas as well. This is going to be around 1700 calories a day for her to stay seven, 70 kilos. So um, an eight, as you can see, an 800 calorie a day deficit for her is going to be quite a lot. And what a lot, a lot of people start to do then is try to create that deficit via exercise so that they can eat more. Um, that's a losing battle for a number of reasons I'm not going to go into right now. It can work for a little while, just like calorie tracking can work for a little while. It only works for as long as we can stick to it. Um, and I just put a little note in there because I have been asked this question before. Why do we want to lose body fat and not just weight? So 
really the process of losing body fat is a longer term approach than just losing weight on the scales because we can reduce our scale weight via dropping water content, um, gut contents, hormonal fluctuations. So fluid fluctuations would be the main things. Um, you could cut your hair if you have a lot of hair and you could lose scale weight. I've personally done water loading before to see how it works and I lost two kilos overnight. That is a strategy that is used for weight making athletes that have to weigh in before a fight or whatever. So it's not, I didn't lose body fat. I lost two kilos of water weight. Um, and so again, when we go back to this idea, what is, um, what is a diet that works? Well, it's one that loses you body fat, really. That's what we want to be losing. We don't want to lose all our body fat because we do need some of it. Um, we do need some body fat definitely to support our hormonal health, to keep us a little bit warmer, to um, pad up our organs and, yeah, look all right as well. I don't think that people that are super lean really look that healthy. So it is healthy to have some body fat, but we want to lose – we don't want to lose muscle mass as well. That's another um, – a lot of weight that you don't want to lose. So my 70 kilo lady with her 1700 maintenance calories odd and their estimates, she might think, right, I'm just going to eat as little as possible. I'm going to set myself a 800 calorie a day target in my, my fitness pal. And I'm going to hit that. What happens is she can't stick to it. So she then berates herself about not having willpower or she just misreports her calories keeps eating up to 1,700, thinking that she's entering 800 and thinking that she's eating as little as possible. The weight's not going anywhere, so she thinks that calorie counting doesn't work. Okay, so what can you do instead of calorie counting? Now, the reason that I say you've got to be in an energy deficit regardless, uh, most people take that to mean, well, you've got to count calories and you've got to cut calories, but you can cut calories from your diet without literally counting them. And it's moving away from this idea that you need to have an exact target or that you need to hit an exact target to make progress. That's not the case. Day to day, your energy needs fluctuate. Um, your hunger levels fluctuate. Um, your progress is going to fluctuate. It's not going to be a linear downward weight loss thing. So there is no exact target as far as calories or even macros go to do fat loss, and especially not when you're just starting out. So you can, what I recommend is that my clients log their usual eating habits it's easier to make adjustments to your normal way of eating, even if you think that it's really bad and it's probably not. That's your usual diet. So instead of reinventing the wheel and completely changing your eating habits, let's see where you're at, get that baseline, and then we can cut calories from there because you're more likely to stick to that. If you have certain foods that you like and, yes, you may overeat them, that doesn't mean that you need to completely cut them out. It just means that you need to bring them in line with your energy needs. Now, I am mentioning these energy needs, maintenance calories, stuff like that, but you don't need to literally even know that. You, I can work it out for you really easily. And again, it's an estimate. However, getting a handle on your eating habits. So if I'm, you know, a particular weight right now and I've logged my usual way of eating and my weight has stayed around about, you know, give or take a couple of kilos up or down, my weight stayed about this for a few months or a year now and I want to cut that weight. Well, then I know that my usual eating habits is probably around about maintenance. Maybe it's a little bit more as well. So by cutting back on either portions or foods that I could, you know, less nutritious foods from that food diary, I'm going to start to cut my calories there. So if I if I want to do it in two months and I want to cut 800 calories from my um, diet, for example, approximately, I'm going to look at my written food blog, so writing down what you eat, when you eat it, and how much, and then I'm going to use that information to work out where I can cut 800 calories from that. I hope you're all still with me now. So if I let me think of something that might be a, a chicken burger, I'm pretty sure a McChicken burger may be worth about 800 calories because I think the meal, or maybe it's the medium McChicken meal is like 900 calories. So say I'm having one of those every day and I'm looking at my food diary, I can cut that out and lose five kilos. I can cut out my daily McChicken meal and lose five kilos probably a bit more in two months. But that's just a really simplified example. Um, and it requires mindfulness because we do a lot of our excess eating 
not mindfully. And I'm going to, yeah, we do it habitually. We do it um, because there's certain cues in our environment or it might be emotional cues. So it might be, I feel, oh, I've had a shit day. I'm going to eat a block of chocolate. Or it might be um, just that the 3 p.m. at work, there's something going on or someone's brought in cake or whatever. But, you know, that's occasional most of the time. But I know that, oh, I work with people who literally eat from Arthur's, um, I hope they're not on here, about um, multiple times a week. So if they were looking at their food diary, they could say, hey, maybe I could have Arthur's once a week instead of four times a week or whatever it is. There's probably your savings there. So it's just creating that self-awareness and um, not thinking that you need to find some magic meal plan or calorie target to hit. So that is really covering the second point. Oh, there I've got latte example. Work backwards from there. So my client who worked out, uh, looked at their food diary, worked out that if they swap their latte, a daily latte, they've saved a day's worth of calories from there every week. So that's a really good way. That's a really good example of cutting calories there. So you can look at your food diary. You can eat exactly the same way and choose smaller portions. That will cut calories from your day. Or you can eat more nutritious foods. So if your food diary looks pretty awful, and um, I always say to my clients before they start with me, please like tell me about a typical day of eating uh, or a couple of days of eating. What are the foods that you normally like to eat? Um, breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks, whatever. Um, please be honest. There are so many times when people are not honest with me or themselves, and, and that's totally normal because I've done that too when I've had to give a food diary in for something. Um, so it's totally human nature. But this one client in particular um, shared her normal way of eating and she was, yeah, she was eating takeaway very routinely, probably daily. And, um, that allowed us to go, Hey, there's easy savings to be made there because you're not telling me that you're eating a chicken salad for lunch every day. You're actually going to KFC. So, um, so eating more nutritious foods, swapping them out for your, um, less nutritious foods. When I say nutritious foods and eat more, I'm talking about incorporating and planning meal planning, uh, more low calorie per bite foods into your day. And that means your fruits, your vegetables, you know, all of those leafy greens, non-starchy, very low, you know, berries, apples, um, even, yes, banana, don't be afraid of banana. It's still low calorie per bite compared to a lot of the snack foods that we tend to eat mindlessly. So, and another on that eat more point as well, I like to ask my clients to try to make their meals a bit bigger and including more protein, planning them around protein, so that they're less likely to want to snack between meals or go off their plan. So if whenever you try to cut calories and food to lose weight, if you go into that mode of, right, I'm just going to eat as little as possible, like the person that I mentioned before when we worked out their calorie target, right, I'm just going to eat as little as possible. And you'll probably find that you'll either go through the day trying to eat as little as possible and then break out at night and eat more um, and do unplanned eating as well, or you'll get to the end of the week and you'll do that as well. So there's, I really think that giving yourself more food in your meal plan can stop that from happening and can bring your calories down, even though it seems counterintuitive to give yourself a bigger meal, giving yourself a bigger meal of the right kind of foods. So planning around protein, let's try and get our protein intake up. And I mean, protein foods like chicken, eggs, fish, dairy, um, Chicken, eggs, fish, dairy. Yep. So like your Greek yogurt, your cottage cheese, um, meats, obviously as well, lean minces. Um, yeah. So planning your meals around your source of protein. Um, if you're vegetarian or vegan, it's still doable. You do need to include a lot of plant based, um, a huge variety of plant based foods in your diet in that instance. Um, so thumb your fats, trying to moderate your fat intake because Fats are essential. We need to eat them, but we often overeat them. They're really easy to overeat. So they're nine calories per gram versus your protein and carbohydrates foods are four calories per gram, so less calorie per bite. So um, if you're not wanting to track calories and weigh and measure your food, thumb size portion of fats on your plate each meal, and that would include your cooking fats as well. It's just going to help to bring your calorie intake down, which is the aim of the game. 
Um, the plating method, you know, I've used this before. Um, th there was a guy who, a dietitian, I should say, who was selling these little plate dividers and you've probably seen them before and it works really well. So just plating out your quarter of a plate, approximately it was, um, and it probably made the plate a bit smaller as well. So it's a portioning method, quarter of your plate carbohydrates, quarter of your plate protein and half your plate non-starchy leafy green vegetables. So it's really simple. It's really effective. It brings that energy intake down. Um, window eating is planning out so when you will and won't eat rather than just allowing yourself to graze all day. Obviously, snacking all day is going to mean that you're likely to eat more like or eating throughout the day or not planning your meals. So meal planning comes into that. It doesn't mean that you have to do fasting, but you might like to do fasting. It's totally up to you. What it does mean is that you might look at your food log and the times of day that you would normally eat. And you might say, right, I need to reduce my energy intake. I'm eating seven times a day at the moment. I'm going to cut that back to four. I'm going to increase the size of my meals and plan them to have protein and plants um, in them. And then I'm going to space those four meals out across the day. And that's all I'm going to have. So that's a way to reduce your energy intake as well. But it requires you being mindful of what you're doing in the first place, what your habits are so that you can reduce from there. Ah, mindful eating as well. So... Part of this is just slowing down your eating, which I am very bad at. Um, it's enjoying your food and it's eating it without distractions. So chewing slowly um, or putting your fork down in between each bite, really savoring the food. Um, but also, yeah, trying to eat your meals more slowly instead of just in front of a screen or TV or whatever it is. So no distractions, phones away, all that kind of thing. Um, and that allows you to hit your fullness signal quicker so that you will finish the meal when you're full, hopefully, versus just because the plate is um, empty. But also, um, if we're eating with distractions and we're eating really quickly, we kind of bypass that mechanism, that fullness signal that our stomach has, and we kind of forget that we ate the meal. So it's it's a way of feeling more satisfied with your meals. Um, monitor and adjust. So um, how do you know if the strategies that you're choosing are working? Well, you keep track of your habits. Um you keep track of your progress as well. And that might be an average scale weight week to week. I wouldn't um, judge your progress on day-to-day -day fluctuations. I would take an average weekly weigh-in, um, monitor that, monitor how your clothes are fitting, take progress photos, measure around your waist or other parts of your body um, and remeasure in a few weeks. Um, but just keep consistent with the strategies that you choose and don't give up. Um, okay. And the rest, move more. I don't mean plan. I don't mean do more and more exercise. I mean, just move more incidentally. That contributes more to your total daily energy expenditure than your planned exercise, no matter how much you try to do. And drink plenty of water as well. I know it's tough at this time of year, but it really does support you to feel fuller. Not only that, it's just good for you on so many levels, like you're made up of water, but um, supporting you to feel a bit fuller as well as eat a little bit less because when we're snackish, a lot of the time we're dehydrated. Um, oh, I forgot about my cup of tea here, actually. I've got herbal tea here. It's going to be really strong now. Um what else have I got there? That could be it. So my recommendations are to take a long-term approach rather than, especially if you're doing non-tracking, because non-tracking weight loss can um, can be a little bit slower than tracking. That's that's the downside to it. But if you are someone who has constantly gone on these cycles of counting calories, lose weight, stop counting calories, regain weight, then we need to move away from that. So giving yourself plenty of breathing room to do it, being realistic about how long you need, and maybe not focusing so much on a goal weight as such as you know, gradual improvement of your physique over time. Um, habits tracking, as I mentioned before, I'm a big fan of just a grid system of habits tracking, a really simple grid system. And this is, again, where calorie tracking apps don't allow you to track all of your lifestyle habits that support your fat loss. So making a list, ticking, the, ticking it off daily of what you want to achieve in terms of your food intake, it could be something like I'm going to have a palm-sized portion of um, protein with every meal that I eat or I'm just going to eat at these times, whatever it is. 
um, get help and accountability to do it faster. So obviously that's what I help my clients with. Um, a lot of my clients say that our weekly check-in really does help to keep them on track. It's not about being ashamed about what you may or may not have done. It's about problem solving together um, to move you into a long-term view of managing your uh, body weight and a body composition that you're really um, happy with and that you can just live your life as well. So that's really key for me and my clients. So I've got more resources at, um, if you're a member, they're in PT Minder under Share and online at the shop on the website. And you can subscribe to the podcast, which I generally do little summaries of things that come up. I haven't been able to get on there as much lately, but I've got a huge list of topics that will go up very soon as soon as I can record them. Um, we've got our upcoming six-week mini cut for members. So it's free if you're a Fit AF member. There isn't the one-to-one accountability in this one, guys. It's a bit of a group-based program support, um, but it's going to get your fat loss kick-started. And then I want you to also incorporate some of the stuff that I've spoken about tonight long-term for your weight management. So we are going to talk about that. It's not another detox or quick fix that you're going to forget about by the end. It's just really getting things started. So contact me if you'd like to learn more about that or about any of my other coaching options. Now, how do I get back to Zoom and seeing if anyone's asked any questions? Okay. Now, I think some of you on here might have heard me say a lot of this stuff before, but it doesn't hurt to have it reinforced. Did anything come up for anyone, anything that resonated with you or whoop, the chat box is gone. Anything that resonated with you in particular or anything you'd like further information on, anything that I wasn't clear on, happy to answer any questions. Hey, Ange. Uh, no, it was really good. Just reminding, actually, it was really good. Don't get me wrong. I think I totally need a, a bit of a kickstart. Um, just, yeah, having a bit of time off. But just reminding me about, like, mindfulness eating, like, with my my um, stomach issues and things like that, that is a big thing. And, yeah, I think you sort of start doing it and then you get a bit complacent and you forget about it. And, yeah, it's good to have a bit of a reminder every now and then. Yeah, so maybe even in terms of your habits tracker, you could incorporate um, – because a habits tracker, it's, it's a reminder to do things. It's not, um, you know, was I 100% compliant? But there might be a few things in there that you can reflect back on at the end of the day and say, oh, you know, how, or you could even record how long it takes you to um, eat your meals. If you're talking yeah. about slowing them down for your day. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, you could um, you could put a little like a habit to track in there that is, um, yeah, just literally writing in the time that it took you to eat your meal and then um, aim to make it longer. Because I know, I think it took me like four minutes to eat a meal or something. And then I was getting it out to eight minutes. So, yeah, I'm a very fast eater. And... Yeah, I am too. And I think it just comes from sitting in front of the screen and doing 10 things at once and trying to just get it in when you can rather than actually, you know, taking a break and yeah, doing it properly. So, no, that was good. Thank you for the reminder. No worries. Um, on that note, though, even uh, maybe one of your daily habits to tick off um, for progress could be not eating your lunch at your desk. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, definitely. Anyone else have anything? I keep losing the chat box. I'm really hopeless with this. Or you can unmute yourself as well. You guys have been too easy tonight. <laughs> I hope I'm not missing anything. Uh, well, what I might do is wrap it up there, guys. Um, oh, is someone coming on? No. If anyone, um, so I'll be back on a Zoom. I'll be setting that up in the next couple of days for the mini cup from Sunday. Um, don't feel pressure to join that. But if you do, it does require a fair amount of focus, but it's just that short-term focus, so it's not dragging it out too much. Um, I won't go into that right now, though. I'll leave it at that. Hopefully you got something out of tonight. I feel like I could have expanded a lot more on things, but then I know that it would have taken a lot more time. So um, thanks for coming on, and I will see you guys soon. <laughs>